Good evening and welcome into another episode of Outdoor Adventures right here on Twin Cities News Talk. AM 1130, FM 1035, and anywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Make sure you download that iHeartRadio app to your favorite device and you can listen to Outdoor Adventures or Twin Cities News Talk anytime, anywhere, anytime you want. And it's all free and everybody loves free stuff, so go download that free iHeartRadio app today and you can click the follow button there on Outdoor Adventures and uh, never miss an episode. I'm Stan Poggle, your co-host, and uh, the other co-host, legendary guide and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer Chris Kudak, checking in from an undisclosed location. He was just uh, rolling into a secret hotspot, it sounds like, to get on the radio here. How are we doing, bud? Not too bad, not too bad. It's nice day out, uh, a little breezy, but other than that... Uh... We had fun today. You know, you must be really, you must be like me. You must really be getting used to this cold weather because I was out the other day and I think it was eight degrees. And I decided, you know, I haven't gotten much exercise over the winter here. I kind of go a little bit dormant with my exercise program. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to get off my butt and go for a walk on the lake. So I went out and I tromped through the snow out to uh, the island and back. And uh, I was like, man, it. Man, that sun is warm. Oh, it's it's a nice day. And then I checked my phone afterwards, and it was like seven or eight degrees. And I, I just thought that was kind of silly because all these people were in town last week for the big game, and they're all complaining and uh, bundled up in parkas and fur hats and everything else. And we get to ten degrees with a little bit of sunshine, and we're out there sitting on our buckets out on the ice. Well, we were out fished all day. Well, not all day, but for about six, seven hours, and there was a contest for. I think it was United Way and UPS had a contest at Hunters, and oh, there was a few of us and a couple guys. Uh, Mike and his brother they took took a took a prize, so we got some fish and we got got some. We found a tulip tree spot, so we got some tulipies going now. So, so are we gonna so are we gonna have a, a smoke tulip party here coming up? I, I've I've had them a couple of times, and I hear they're just delicious if they're made right. And the ones I've had were very good, so. You know, if you guys catch enough, maybe I'll come up there and, you know, drink your beer while the smoker's going, and and you can uh, feed me with some of those tulipies. Well, we didn't get the tulipies today, uh, or I should say oh, we sure didn't get any. But, now uh, the story's changing, see? But Nicky got a few, and uh, a couple of the other guys got a few. We were in a couple of walleye holes. So we were, we were fishing for walleyes and perch, but we, uh, well, we, we had fish, but we didn't get any. I mean, we, we were market fish, but... Uh, yeah, it was nothing that we could take to the contest. Yeah, exactly. There's plenty of contests coming up there, and we'll run down a list of events. I got basically a whole page of them coming up here uh, from fishing tournaments to just uh, good outdoor uh, winter fun to uh, vintage snowmobiles to pond hockey. Got the Chili Open going on in Wyzetta Bay today, so I'm going to miss out on that again because you know how it is for me, Kudak. It's, it's always work, work, work. No fun for staying. It's always working. Well, you know, somebody's got to do it. I mean, I was I was out drilling holes and doing this and doing that today, so, you know, I was working hard. Yeah, and you were working hard all week. I know, I heard you're going to be a big movie star here. What's that all about? No, no, we did a little filming with uh, Focus Outdoors on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and uh, we ended up getting a, a nine-pound walleye they got right after I left. We uh, They stayed in the fish house, and... Yeah, we, we, it was a good shoot. I mean, we caught a lot of little walleyes. It was it was tough fishing, but we we ended up scrounging a bunch. We worked for what we caught, uh, but it turned out to be a good show. 
Yeah, this uh, winter, uh, it's been cold and it's been a tough bite. I know I was up there here last weekend, too, and... Uh, I I can't I can't do much too much bragging because I I didn't have too much luck but I think I might and this is something that we're going to ask our first guest Terry Tuma is going to be on here in the first uh couple of segments here and then we'll chat with uh Tom Briggs from the Wigwam Resort up there at Lake of the Woods and find out how the bite's been up there and and also get into all the area events but uh that was one thing I was going to ask him about because I went to Lundeen's to get some bait and Unfortunately, I had some bait in the bucket previously that uh, we'll just put it this way. It wasn't too fresh by any means. And I wanted to ask Terry coming up because I know he would know the answer, and I'm sure you probably do too. But I I honestly was thinking, you know, if that stinky bait was in there, did that affect my bite? Well, I would uh, have to say probably so. Yeah, see, I think that that's what I'm going to blame it on because, I mean, when I go out fishing, I usually always catch fish. You know that. Yeah, yeah, even if you got to go to the neighbors and steal out of the bucket, you always end up with something. <laughs> that is right. Hey, you know, it's not how you get them, it's how you get them, right? Well, and you had, at least you had somebody good to look at when you were, when you were fishing. Oh, anyway. yeah, you betcha, you betcha. Yeah, I'm sure that's the talk of the town. Uh, and I got a, I got a special song uh, we're going to debut here. Uh, coming up here maybe either next segment or the segment after so make sure you're listening for that too because uh it's a fun it's a fun song i i think you're going to enjoy this one well yeah i'm uh i'm sure that i probably will if, if you went to the archives and got it out oh uh, this one this one's going back to the 60s so i think it'll be right up your alley mustang sally i suppose no 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 it's close it involves a, a motorized vehicle but you know, you guys were on Facebook all week long, making making fun of old Stanley, and uh, I found a song that I think will go along well with that theme that you guys were on uh, this last week. I don't know what I don't know if you guys weren't working or what, but you and your buddy Mike and and Lunker Luke, boy, I, they had me all going. I was getting kind of worried because when I was up there in Malax for whatever reason, I'm not going to mention the company, but uh, if anybody has the same carrier as i do i'm sure you'll guess who it is but i just have real horrible reception up there in the Malax area and so i wasn't getting my messages i wasn't getting my facebook notifications and and then i get home and all of a sudden i see all these these links to comments about me and apparently i was uh, missing an action and people were looking for me so i don't know what that was all about yeah, yeah, I heard, I heard something about that. I, I guess uh, I had a lot of people asking me to go look for you, and I, I kind of already knew where you were, but I didn't let out where you were at because you probably would have had uh, a semi-load of people come looking for you. <laughs> well, we have uh, located myself. I, I am here. I'm, I'm alive and well, and uh, we'll just move on from that. But I want to uh, touch again. Tom Briggs coming up about 545 here. We'll chat with him from the Wigwam at Lake of the Woods. Of course, up there you got till April fourteenth to catch some walleye and sauger. So uh, we're running out of time here in the metro area and your neck of the woods. The season's going to be closed here pretty soon for walleyes, yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, the season will be closed for walleyes here the end of the month, and then uh, it sounds like that the summer will be catch and release only again. Yeah, I heard that, and we'll probably get into that a little bit too because you know I might have to get Kudak going again this week. It's been well, two weeks. I, I, I was mentioning to a few people about our conversation we had the other day, how uh, what what you had to say about it and this and that, and 
they come to the conclusion that Stan should probably let everybody know where he stands on that situation with the with the netting and all that, and probably should give that 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 number out for the the studio so that our listeners can call in and see what they think about that 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 stand the stand uh, liberal act. Well, you know how I like to be, especially with you. I always I always like to just take the other side, be the devil's advocate, and kind of see where it goes. I, I don't always. Uh, I guess that's the fun thing about debate. You can take both sides and try to bring up points on both sides. That That's what's fun about it. Yeah, yeah, but that's kind of what I told a few of these guys. I won't mention any names who I told, <laughs> and they wanted, wanted to know what was wrong with you. Well, I'll give them the number. It's 651-989-5855, 651-989-5855. You can call on any time between here and the top of the hour. Outdoor Adventures will be here with you. Want to remind you, download that free iHeartRadio app. You can get that for free, and you can uh, search Twin Cities News Talk, and you can listen to us live from 5 to 6 every Saturday night here. Or if you can't do that and you want to listen after the show, or maybe you want to go back and listen to a few of the archives, you can do that as well. Just download that iHeartRadio app for free, and then search Outdoor Adventures. There's a little follow button there. You click that, and then anytime we post some new shows, you will get that uh, on your notification screen on your uh, fancy phone there. So we're going to get things started. Tom Briggs, Wigwam, uh, Lake of the Woods, coming up here uh, in about a half an hour and tackle Terry Tuma. He'll have some good tactics for uh, some finicky fish, and I'm going to ask him about that smelly bait problem I had too and uh, see if that's why maybe I didn't catch so many fish. So we'll do that next here. Outdoor Adventures on Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130. FM 103.5 and anywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Back in the day, huh, Kudak? Oh, yeah, that was a good song back in the day. Who was that? I don't know who was that one. It's the band. Yeah, they were good. They were kind of, you know, like Dr. Hook and stuff like that. Kind of a similar sound. I could see you uh, jamming that one maybe on the 8-track. Oh, you bet. You bet. That was a good song back in the day. Yeah, that is uh, good music. Uh, I'm not going to disagree with you on that subject. Well, we got our buddy Tackle Terry Tuma coming on with us right now, Kudak, and uh, it sounds like, I don't know, he must have been trying to avoid you, but he said he was on his way back from Mille Lacs, so you avoided Kudak, it sounds like, Tackle. Uh, hi, guys, and hi, everyone. No, uh, we, didn't, uh, we just got back from Mille Lacs just a little bit ago, so uh, it was a uh, tougher bite, but we did catch fish, but just amazing. We've done quite a bit of sight fishing. It's amazing how... Even wise, how light they bite. Oh, you bet. We had that same problem all all week. This week was was a lake, and even even we went to some other lakes, and it was the same problem with the panfish. There was it was a bite that was you had to really downsize to a. I went to a from a tungsten jig to a lead jig, and you know we, we had the camera down, and you could watch. The, I mean, it was it was unbelievable light bites. And well, and uh, thing too, Chris and, and Stan too is. Uh, 
what uh, I've noticed for the last, probably about the last three weeks fishing uh, uh, bluegill sunfish, is that these fish would come up, you know, and they would just hang there. And then when I, I was using a Bexlar, and then when those two red lines um, sort of, shall we say, hooked up, and the rod never moved, the line never moved, nothing moved, I would just, i stand up in the house and just set the hook as hard as I could straight up vertically, and that would drive that hook right into the upper uh, part of the mouth, uh, providing a real good hook set. But it was just amazing that these fish just sit there and don't do anything whatsoever. Same thing with one of the walleyes yesterday. Uh, if I wouldn't have seen that walleye uh, inhale the jig, I would have never caught it. Yeah, I had the same thing last night. I was out with a buddy, and... And I got there a little bit earlier than he did, and unfortunately later the bike kind of turned off when he got there. But I had the same thing, and I was with crappies, and I had just a tiny, tiny jig on. And those things, even with a spring bobber, I mean, you could barely tell they were biting. They were so finicky. Yeah, well, and that's exactly right. And, you know, uh, I think so often we as anglers have a tendency sometimes to overlook that. We expect that spring bobber to move, that rod tip to move, feel the bite in the handle, the rod blank. And so many times, especially crappies and bluegills, that is not the case, especially the, I feel that the bigger ones are much more finicky, which is true because smaller fish are more aggressive. They're uh, eating more uh, to because they're growing versus the big fish. Well, Terry, we have a listener call in here. RJ wants to know uh, what to do, and I, I guess I, this is a good question I'd like to ask you, too. What do you exactly do besides going to the grocery store and buying the fish? Um, but when the fish got tight lips, what do you do? So let's bring uh, RJ on here. RJ, welcome to uh, Outdoor Adventures. How are you? I'm fine. And hello, Hi, everybody. I'd like to know if anybody has experienced this before, where, um, where you rent a fish shack and the fish bite is off. And then you you ask them to move it the next day, and then you get into them. Well, um, uh, even then, even when you get into them, you have to you, you, if you don't have a vexler or a fish locator um, to work with your spring bobber, it's really difficult to know when they're, when they're nibbling on it. So what you do is you uh, you jig it, jig it, jig it until you see them coming in. When you see them coming in, you stop. And you pause, and then you watch your spring bobber really closely. And when you, any indication that it's going down, you give it to them and give it to them, and then you pull, set the hook and pull them up. And and as soon as you get it up, get them up and out the door, <clears throat> put a fresh minnow on, and put that one all the way to the floor, and then tend to your other hole. <clears throat> um, bring that one, um, that one up off the floor, and jig it until you see something coming in. What do you think of that? Uh theory there terry well i call that jigging jig up you know so many times uh i just use that phrase jigging jig up and you know yes that that definitely works there's no question about it but there's times rj where that spring bobber i will assure you doesn't move whatsoever and even the line sometimes will move a quarter inch you need to set the hook, and I call it, you're, sometimes you set the hook in the air, you know, in the water column, there's no fish there. But most of the time, uh, you're going to set the hook uh, also. And these fish do bite so light, that's why I, working with different colors, with line sizes, really concentrate on what's going on. And the other uh, factor, too, I've, I've had a few people ask me that and comment on this, is that, you know, once you, you, know, you see that, you know, red line and, 
Chris, you know what I'm talking about in stands, but you see that red line on the Vexlar, and you got your line where your lure is, and you just cannot get that fish to go. That's happened on black with some of these perch also, mm-hmm. is that you can work that fish, work that fish, and just forget about working that fish, start all over again, but you end up wasting too much time. There's a very good chance you're not going to catch that fish anyway. So if it's finicky right off the bat, just kind of uh, count your blessings that you're out on the lake fishing and not working. And uh, go for the next one. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. And then you're marking a few fish, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was another thing I was going to ask you because I had some tough times, and I know it, it's been a tough bite as of late. But uh, and I asked uh, Kudok, my buddy here, earlier, and I got the answer from him. And I, I'm pretty sure I'm probably going to get a similar answer from you. And it was kind of the same thing I was thinking. But I just read one of your latest articles on the Outdoor News there. And I was up there at Mille Lacs here last week, and I had some bait. I'll put it this way. The water hadn't been changed in a while, so they were less than fresh. Well, then I dumped those out, and I got some new bait, but it was in the same bucket. So how much does that matter if there was maybe some leftover uh, scent in there from maybe a couple of dead minnows? How much does that uh, affect uh, the new minnows that I purchased? Well, I really don't know if it's going to affect it a whole lot, to be honest with you. A fresh bait is always by far superior. Not only uh, too often we think, uh, Chris, it's always scent, scent, scent. And there's also another factor is that the, you know, the level of the activity of that minnow, you know, t- minnows get tired, you know, if they're just in this, you know, bucket. That's why it's so wise for us to change minnows if you're using a depth stick or bobber system or a rattle reel, you know, if it's down there for 10, 15 minutes, put fresh bait on because that hook or that jig does tire out that bait, and that will affect your bite. And, you know, yes, we need to use, a, you know, a scent that's going to be an attractant, uh, not to attract the fish into the, uh, to the jig or to the lure that we're using, but more so the scent to be a mask for unwanted odors. Well, Terry, you got to remember, the bait that he had in his bucket were from about two months ago, and they were... They were they had mold growing out of them. They yeah, they're a little stinky. I'll put it that well, way. That's probably not a good idea. <laughs> I, I would have to say no. You wash, clean your bucket out. But you know, that's another factor too. I think a lot of us don't realize, and I'm sure you know you people have uh, addressed this. But if you leave your minnows in a say a styrofoam bucket of some sort or a white liner, uh, those minnows will lighten up. Hmm. And that can also be a factor, you know, and, and I don't know how much experiment, but I, I usually go out and I, even if the fish are biting, I'm experimenting with different colors and different lures, uh, pretty much all the time. And it's just amazing how color can change from day to day, same spot, same species of fish, and one color will produce, it'll be hot one day, the next day, you can't buy a fish on that specific color. Well, that was another thing I was going to ask you on the finicky fish. Our guest is uh, Tackle Terry Tuma, fellow Hall of Famer with my buddy Kudak here, and uh, talking fishing and kind of the finicky uh, bite we get this time of the year. It's cold out, and they've been cold for a long time. But uh, the one thing I wanted to ask, too, as far as uh, finicky fish, if you're fishing a spot like I was last night and they're real finicky and you can't really get them to bite, are all the fish in the lake like that, or is it just that spot, or...? Well, many times I, uh, I really feel it can be that spot. You know, if, first of all, I should back up here. If it's a weather issue or a fishing pressure issue, uh, that can be affected by, you know, fishing pressure or the noise factor would be, uh, really 
in that specific location. If it's the weather, that can, that'll be the whole lake. And, but also too, uh, you know, many times, uh, you know, for instance, a bomber may not affect a shallower bay like it would a main lake. That's another factor we need to relate to. But, and then also is that, you know, if you caught a, uh, like, as you mentioned, if you caught a bunch of fish in one spot, uh, the day before and you went out there today and you're marking these fish, but you can't get them to go, there's been some Studies done stating that these fish will fill up. They are not going to eat today because the cold water has reduced their metabolism, their movement in the water, so they do not require as much food as they would in open water when you have water temperature, you know, 75, 80 degrees. So that's another factor we need to really understand. If you're marking these fish, you can get them to go. You know, if you've been there for a while, I don't mean five minutes or six minutes or whatever, but we need to move. Uh, if that's the case. But here again, too, and the, the individual I was fishing with, a good friend of mine, a big ice fisherman, we talked about this moving, moving, moving. There's no question about it today. We are brainwashing to moving so much, it's costing us fish. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. A lot of people, you know, just do sit in one spot, and that's not always the best idea either. But, you know, you do have to put a little bit of time. I know some people, too, you know, they'll fish for two minutes in a hole and they'll be gone, you know. Oh, yes, yes, and or you'll see, and I just, uh, somebody made a comment to me again here uh, a couple of days ago, uh, Chris, about uh, uh, about somebody coming out and drilling 30-some holes, and they fished one hole, and they left. Yeah, well, I had that done just this afternoon, a young couple of young kids, we were sitting in a big skid house, and, you know, I, I don't know what they thought what was going on there, but we were sitting out on Three Mile, and, I mean, we were marking fish, and the, oh, here comes the old auger out, and they... These kids must have augered, I don't know, 15, 20, 25 holes. And, and uh, you know, they kept moving, moving, moving. And I don't, I don't think they, uh, you know, I don't think they did any better than we did. No, uh, you know, there's a lot to be, I think, really a lot to be said about that. And, you know, fishing crappies and sunfish, uh, especially, but also, I really believe this works with several species of fish, is that if you, mar- say you caught, you know, say eight, nine of them, uh, by say seven o'clock or seven thirty in the morning, and all of a sudden you're not marking any fish. Well, use some aggressive jigging action. Uh, just wait it out, and there's a very strong possibility those fish are going to come back. It's going to be not that same school that went through, but the other school will come back, and that's where I really feel that we're been so brainwashed. You know, if you caught a few fish, you're not marking any fish for you. Five minutes, move to a different hole. I really don't think that's the case today. So a little bit more patience is uh, recommended on that side of things. Tackle Terry Tuma is our guest, a fellow Hall of Famer with my co-host Chris Kudak here. I'm Stan Poggle, Outdoor Adventures. If you'd like to join the conversation, you feel free to do so. 651-989-5855. We've got a couple of great fishermen on here today, so a good time to uh, give us a call and... uh, Maybe learn something. So we'll continue with Tackle Terry Tuma next. And also uh, coming up here in about 15 minutes, we'll chat with Tom Briggs of the Wigwam Resort up there on the border at Lake of the Woods. We'll do that when we come back. More Tackle Terry Tuma here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the iHeartRadio app. Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. I'm Stan Poggle alongside Chris Kudak. 
Here you go, Kudak, listen to this. I listened to this tale after my pop had gone my bail. I took the hot rod Lincoln out on a run and getting my kicks and having some fun. It was late in the evening, the moon was pale. I was putting the miles between me and jail. A gal on a cycle was cruising along. I was minding my business and singing a song. Okay, here's here's where they got it from. Till I saw a sidecar on that Harley and a gal that was stacked like a sack of barley. Yeah, I didn't baby. Know what the gal was thinking, <laughs> What do you think of that one, Kudak? I found the sidecar well, cycle song. That's just perfect for you. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll have to uh, spin that one here once in a while. If you'd like to dial in, 651-989-5855, 651-989-5855. Thanks to RJ who chatted in uh, here earlier. Our guest right now is uh, Tackle Terry Tumor. Tuma, fellow uh, Hall of Famer with you, Kudak, and uh, he's always got some great information for us. And we've been chatting about finicky fish. And another thing, Terry, I wanted to ask you about is I know uh, I'm kind of unfortunately set up close to a road right now on uh, Minnetonka, so I was going to ask you how much you know the noise affects. I'm sure it's not a good thing, but uh, anything I can do about that besides moving? Well, not really. Uh, I think what we have to understand is noise affects the fish. Uh, there is no question about that. Uh, you know, if you know, especially where you have high uh, volume of traffic. Uh, I've done uh, many, many um, tests with noise. In fact, we done a TV program a few years ago uh, fishing uh, for uh, sunfish in a fairly deep body of water and we were one of the only ones out there and we would go to a, a spot drill a couple holes catch a couple of fish the crew would come out they quit biting we done that three times before we finally finished a segment yeah. and noise is such a factor it uh, and another uh, well factor uh, information was uh, I was doing a seminar I can't even remember where but uh, an ink or I shouldn't say a commercial netter came up to me and um, that's when we were using paper graphs, and maybe he still does. I'm not sure, but they can shoot horizontally under the ice, and they can physically mark where these fish are located before they put their nets in. And they had one of their employees. This was the backwaters of the Mississippi River. Uh, they were sending for carp and buffalo. They had one of their uh, one of their employees walk over that school of fish, two and a half feet of water, and he showed me right on the paper where they made a V from his footsteps. Yeah, I, I, you know, I was, I was in the Vexlar, and I was talking with the, oh, the owner there, and he was rebuilding, rebuilding paper graphs, the old Vexlar paper graphs, and that's who he was rebuilding them for was, was the guys that are out netting fish, and you know, I still, I think I still got a couple paper graphs, the old Vexlar paper graphs, and you know what, it, noise, noise really affects somebody, and you can see it on the paper graphs. Oh yes, you sure can. That's exactly right, Chris. Well, what? Yeah, what it, first? Uh, what exactly is a paper graph? Like, like the lake drawn out on a piece of paper? Is that what you're talking about, or what exactly is that? I don't know if I've ever heard of that. Um, well, a paper graph. Uh, you know, Vexa had one. Lawrence had one. Uh, there were a few manufacturers at that time, and they're actually. It's basically, you know, it's very similar to a liquid crystal graph in a sense of the word. Uh, but it's, uh, it's actually printed out on paper, on a roll okay, of paper. Okay, I got you. Uh, they were very popular. Well, they were the only things, if I can remember correctly, for quite some time till the liquid crystal graphs came out. And I, if I can remember correctly, I think the first one that came out was called Sonic Wave out of St. Paul. But they were so far ahead of their time, they did not sell very many. Extremely expensive. 
that was sort of the takeoff from the transition from paper wrap to liquid crystal wraps. Yeah, it, back in back in the day, they were you know, we ran them on the launches back years and years ago, and, and you know that's what we that's what we all ran back in the, when we were fishing tournaments was a paper wrap. And the bad part about it, that it was a paper was so expensive, and you'd go through two or three rolls of paper. But well, that's they, exactly right. You know, the biggest factor there, while well, now today it's a little bit different, but for some time there, you know, several anglers stored those uh, rolls of paper with that information on there, and then it was sort of a documentation when they go back out the next time. But, uh, but you know, it just, you know, you're right. You know, it was a hassle, you know, replacing it out if it was raining or windy or, and like you say, got it awfully expensive. Boy, I feel sorry for you guys. You had to walk uphill both ways in a snowstorm. You didn't have LED uh, graphing. You had to use graphing paper. How'd you do it? <laughs> it's just a lot of a lot of work, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Another thing you're talking about the sound, and I've always had a question about this. And and you know, with your Vexlars or I got a Lorance, but you get it down, and you know that makes that little ticking sound, that little ping from your from your uh, electric unit. I mean, that's got to be a sound, too, so doesn't that affect them? Well, you know, I hear this is a very common question, and I've done a lot of experimentation with this, and I don't think it does. Uh, and the reason being, I, I you know, had a really, uh, a, you know, I should say, a bite that was, you know, sort of okay, so I, I knew where the fish were, I knew what depth they were at, so I turned off the paper, or the electronics, to see if it would increase the success. It never made one iota of a difference at all. Uh, you know, and it could be too that the fish get acclimated to that. Uh, but I know with electric trolling motor that if you turn it off and on, you know, high speed, low speed, off and on, you are much more productive by leaving it on low speed and leave it steady, not that turn off vibration factor. But that thing, uh, I have not witnessed where it makes it, but I just, uh, read an article again about that ping noise from electronics that it can affect these fish. I, I See, I just I, think know, if the they can, if here. they wouldn't get used to that, would they not get used to a car driving by? I mean, where I'm at, I, I probably in the four hours I was out there fishing, I probably had twenty vehicles drive by. So, you know, wouldn't they get used to that sound too? If they can get I, used I to think, the Vexlar you know, sound, yeah, I, I really feel that they do. Uh, we fish a lot of uh, the river for smallmouth and so forth, and then of course on the Wisconsin side, you got all the railroad tracks going, uh, you know, all the trains going by constantly. And it's, there's a lot of noise there, and that does not appear to affect the fish. I talked to an old-time anger. I fished with him for a few years, uh, one that was born and raised on the river. And he told me, I said, doesn't this affect the walleye fishing? He said he has seen it where it has uh, shut it down somewhat. Uh, but, you know, uh, there's, I re, you know, look at it. If you go into a marina fishing, you know, in a summertime you go to a marina where you got all these boats going in and out and look at the, um, uh, how good the fishing can be so i do feel that they adjust to it and they accept it at that time and that could you know definitely apply to pinging noise from from your electronics in the wintertime that they get acclimated to that and same thing with that what you're speaking of with the noise of that road if it's something that's unusual if it's you know, sending some sort of a vibration out there if it's something that they haven't heard before then i think it's a factor Gotcha. What do you think, Kudak? Yeah, I have to agree with him. I, I uh, you know, I fished in channels, and I, you know, I grew up fishing the river, and, and you know, I, I believe Terry's right. I mean, it, it does. 
Tackle Terry Tuma is our guest. Uh, Terry, we're unfortunately running out of time. We could probably talk for days here on Outdoor Adventures, but it's always a good conversation with you. And uh, anything you want to add here at the end? With a lot of ice, go ice fishing. I agree. Let's go uh, hammer them. we still got a lot of time to catch those crappies and bluegills yet. Oh, we sure do. It'll be a while. I was just telling somebody the other day here, if this weather keeps up, we'll be ice fishing in July yet. Yeah, we have. I, I had to put the extension on, on Minnetonka last night. That's how yeah, much ice I is out there. one on our, on our local lakes, too. Uh, there's a lot of ice. Up on Malak, I think it was right around, what, 27, 28 inches? Yeah, yeah, I got the I got the extension on my cage roll. I'll tell you what, it's getting right down here. We get any get any more cold weather, we're 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 gonna have plenty of ice. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, there's no question right. It's good ice too. Definitely, it's good hard ice. Well, thanks That's again. Right. Thanks again, Terry. Uh, you well, take care of yourself, and uh, we'll be in touch. Well, thank you so much, and everybody have a great weekend. Thanks. Once again, tackle Terry Tuma, a Hall of Famer with you, Kudak, and uh, real nice guy too. Oh, you you couldn't ask for a, a nicer gentleman, especially you know you you stop and see him at a sports show or, or you see him anywhere, you know, fishing or at the bait store. He, Terry's the kind of guy that'll stop and, and he'll talk with you if you got questions. To ask him about some. Terry will spend the extra half hour hour to visit with you. Definitely. So tackle Terry Toomey. You can find him. He's got some great articles uh, up. Uh, some things we're talking about today in the Outdoor News publication as far as uh, you know keeping. Keeping the grease off your fingers, and I know you like to eat a lot of fried chicken. You know, that can affect your bite, too. You're rubbing that all over the minnows, Kuduk. Oh, I tell you what, I got uh, four pheasants in the crock pot as we speak for dinner tonight. It's, oh, uh, boy, what time is it going to be done? I'm almost done and out of here. I could be there in an hour. About the time we get off the lake here and get home, it should be just about munchy time. It's got uh, I got four pheasants, I got the carrots and potatoes and all. Yeah, we're gonna eat good tonight. Well, uh, you better save a little extra. I hope you. I hope that's enough for both of us. Well, me and her. Well, yeah, we'll eat it all up. They'll be gone. Ah, you stinker! You you never save me any treats. Well, I was waiting for you to bring the castles <laughs> out to the fish house the other day, but you did. You you kind of ate all that with the, with the fiance there. Yeah, exactly. They were. Uh... Delicious as well. Oh boy, those were things were good. Uh, not so great the next day, but they're always good going down. No, you bet they are. So uh, we'll continue on. We got one more segment. We'll try to squeeze in a few events uh, before we go, but we still got to chat with uh, Tom Briggs of the Wigwam Resort, and we'll do that next here on Outdoor Adventures. If you'd like to chat, chime in six five one nine eight nine five eight five five six five one nine eight nine five eight five five. This is Outdoor Adventures. segment of Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and anywhere on that iHeartRadio app. If you haven't downloaded that already, I uh, highly recommend it. You can search Outdoor Adventures, and you'll never miss an episode. And also, uh, you can listen to us live, 5 to 6 here, Saturday nights, on Twin Cities News Talk. You can search that and uh, follow both Twin Cities News Talk and Outdoor Adventures, and you'll never miss a show. So make sure you can download that. It's a free iHeartRadio app, and Kudak, you can even uh, get that up at Lake of the Woods, I hear. Oh, you can get Lake of the Woods. You can get it down at 
Texas, you get it everywhere, from what I understand. Yeah, it is uh, pretty amazing, the technology we're living in these days. But uh, we got our buddy uh, from Lake of the Woods, from the Wigwam Resort, our buddy Tom, and it sounds like he's going through tackle today. Uh, Kudak, you know, he, he was giving me the sob story about all this tackle and gear he's got, and, oh, he's got to go through it all. I, I kind of felt sorry for him. Well, I, I understand he... He's a short timer up there, and he's probably heading south now for a, for a month or two, and and he's going to go get suntan, from what I understand. Oh no, no, no! Now I'm going to get suntan, and I'm going to get it on Lake of the Woods fishing. Yeah, a little sunburn off that uh, snow, huh? Yeah, yeah. We're not uh, we're not going anywhere just yet. We're going to stick around here, and I uh, got a lot of fishing coming up in March here with uh, a bunch of guys heading to, heading up and. Uh, so it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a good uh good late winter run up here. How how is the bite there, Tom? Is is it going still pretty good? It's Chris, it's been uh either here and there. Uh the ice is so bad this year with choppy it's just hard to get anywhere. Uh you can't even get the staring soles, night soles look like it's got, you know, it's a mountain on it. Uh it's just tough getting around, you know, so it's it's pretty uh it's pretty organized in one area with all like big wheelhouses and roads and that stuff guys on the other hand getting out on the snow cats and uh that type of stuff with running with the portables uh they're getting into some fish now stuff starting to pop on the reefs uh it's been pretty good the boys are up there yesterday we're heading up tomorrow and uh, uh that's been really really good so uh kind of looking forward to that when we get rid of some of this cold weather well it's supposed to start warming up so uh you're going to be around here for a while. If, we, if some guys want to come up and visit you, you, you got new owners. They're they're taking over now, so the wigwam is uh, great guns again. Yeah, yeah, we got it up and uh, me and my wife uh, and the employees, we got it up and going, and I uh, got people back in there and got some uh, new owners, Mark and T and Armstrong uh, from down central Minnesota area, and I think they'll do a real good job uh, with it up here. They're motivated. They're uh, Younger than we are, and uh, you know they got that ambition like I had when I was 35 when I took it over. But uh, it's you know yeah it's it's gonna go. It's a, it's a staple. It's an icon up here in Lake of the Woods. Uh, people go and uh, you know the fish the fish cooking we do for everybody up there and the batter that's going on and everybody liking that stuff. That's uh, just nonstop. I don't know how many pounds we'll have to add them up here in the year, but uh, we go through a lot of that stuff. Cook a lot of fish for people up here. Yeah, that is one of the uh, fun things, and just just being in that neck of the woods. I mean, especially living here in the metro. I tell you what, there's there's nothing better just being in an isolated area and just uh, kind of nothing around you, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, a lot to be said for that. You still, you know, you're not far from civilization. You know, uh, everything's here. You know, we got uh, what you need nowadays. Like you guys were saying earlier, technology. You know, you can. Uh, I look at all I see is Amazon boxes, you know, and these kids, they order stuff, and it's there the next day or two days later, and you're not stranded. Oh, let's go down to the cities in a couple of weeks and go shopping. We can't wait to get there, but now it's here in two days. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. Uh, another thing I was going to mention, too, uh, how, how's the snow up there? Because I know you do a lot of snowmobiling up there, and I didn't realize this either, but you guys even have checkpoints where you kind of got kind of like uh, heated uh shops or whatever where people can kind of stop and warm up maybe have uh, a cold one or something oh yeah there's there's warming uh shelters all throughout the woods up here 
Uh, the trails are outstanding right now. They groom them twice a week, and you can go all the way to Kelly or Washkirch, Big Fork, uh, International Falls. Uh, you can go all the way over to Roseau, uh, the Northwest Angle. We're getting a lot of the last two weeks. We're getting a lot of Winnipeggers coming down, and they're running uh, running this route down south and heading the Kenora and around. And uh, so the riding is good. We got lots of snow. Uh, you know, I know more than they got in central Minnesota. I've been talking to down there, and there's not a whole lot, but uh, there's just a pile of snow up here, and the riding's good. No, we got nothing down here. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's nice. It's uh, you know, I haven't been on the trails yet. We're gonna head it out, but uh, all the warming shacks got fireplace in them, and uh, you know, so you can heat them up. Uh, we do, we'll do short lunches and that type of stuff. Uh, you know, take a ride through the woods and meet up a bunch of people and cook 15, 20, you know, guys get together and cook up, so it's kind of fun. And uh, Tom Briggs is our guest from the Wigwam Resort, and uh, I hear kind of the end of the season, I mean, obviously you can keep walleyes there a little bit longer rather than uh, here, but, uh, you know, you got till the 14th of April, but also one thing uh, I hear that kind of comes on late in the season is the uh, big Lakers up in that area. Yeah, the Lakers uh, are going good. Uh, you know, one Fish Bay, even up further north, up towards Kenora. Uh, there's been some uh, smaller lakes on the east side. The Lake of the Woods have been doing real good the last couple weeks. Uh, a lot of local guys going up there. Uh, you know, and the crappie fishing, of course, it's good. Uh, you know, and then we got this coming into the spring. You know, we got the Rainier River, which is always a, a favorite fan favorite to come up and. Uh, hit that river and get the sturgeon fishing is just starting to turn on uh, phenomenally and just a lot you know i mean it's uh it's hard to move leave from this area because everything's here i can go hunting i can go fishing <laughs> i can do whatever i want within five minutes of my house yeah you got it made i'll give you that you know it's uh it's kind of it's really nice you know it's uh it's uh it's unbelievable actually you know i thought kudak had it made all these years but uh he's got nothing on you the way it sounds well, you know, it's just, you know, a lot of time and effort. It's, uh, you know, you're a desolate up here, but, uh, great people. And, uh, you can see a lot of people come around from down there and, uh, you know, a lot of good friends. So it's, uh, it's been a good run. And, and you, you will be seeing, I got the guys from Focus Outdoor wanting to come up and do a TV show. I had them here for, for three days, uh, this week. And I, I talked to them about coming up there and doing a shoot up at the wigwam with you guys, with the new owners. And, so they're 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 kind of interested to come up there and maybe do a shoot. Let's do it. We're uh, you know if you guys can get the more portable we can get kudak, the more fish we can catch, and the great you know. And there's uh, it's just we can just do all. There's just endless stuff we can do. So uh, be more than happy to put a show together for them. I'm sure they'd be uh, real up for the idea up there in Marcantina. So uh, just come up support them and uh, you know keep going and. Uh, you know, it's, it's been busy, so we're looking forward to it. Tom Briggs from the Wigwam Resort. Check him out uh, online as well. Thanks again, Tom, for uh, joining us, but uh, unfortunately we're running out of time. We can't talk fishing all day here on the radio, unfortunately. Yeah, all right. Well, I appreciate <laughs> it, guys. And uh, Come on up see us. i got Briggs Guide Service going, and uh, look forward to hearing from people. Sounds great. Tom Briggs from uh, the Wigwam and uh, Briggs Guide Service. Check them out online. Uh, you can find them there. And Kudak, we're running about out of time here, but uh, any last thoughts? I know you wanted, uh, you got about 30 seconds. We can, I know you're not too happy about the catch and release that seems to be coming down the pipeline. No, no, it's politics, but we'll get that. We'll, we got, we're going to need a lot more time for that deal, and uh, maybe next week we'll, we'll, we'll touch that. We'll get your, your insights on it. So, people know where you're standing on this. 
Well, see, I think you take me too literally sometimes. Well, you know, like, you know, just like your stupid sidecar and balled up comments. Sometimes yeah. I just say, say things to get under your skin, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, but we'll we'll get to it next weekend. Yeah, don't be ruining my reputation out there now. It's bad enough already. All right, that is legendary guide and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer Chris Kudak. I'm uh, Stan Poggle, your average everyday fisherman and two-time bottle bass champion. Enjoy your night. Black Republican, Black Democrat is coming up next here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the iHeartRadio app.